morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I hope everyone had a wonderful week. I know I did. And my God, did we get a lot of good news. Well, good news, bad news, all depending on your perspective when it comes to the DCEU. But first and foremost, we're going to be talking about comics. And with the Dark Web issues coming to an end, let's see how well they did. So with Dark Web Finale, issue number one, King Chasm is walking through New York with Hollow's Eve and his demon army. They're talking about how they're going to rule New York and then the world. Meanwhile, Spider-Man and Madeline are arguing on who is going to be fighting Chasm. Spider-Man says that he's going to, but Madeline brings up that he lost the last fight, and that was with his not-added powers from Madeline's side. Spider-Man counters that, although it was kind of funny how he countered it, that Chasm's plan to get him to eat the fruit was extremely stupid, and whenever he's angry, he's stupid, which is, I guess, kind of making fun of the bad writing. Anyway, uh, they both agree that Spider-Man will take on Chasm, Madeline would join the X-Men to basically fight the Demon Army, and the Demon Six. So with the help of magic during this fight, when each of them go off on their own separate things, magic basically sends the Demon Six back to limbo. The Demon Army begins to overwhelm them. Well, they also uh, go on top of Madeline, just overwhelming her, crowding her, and I guess... Uh, she got angry because they were claiming that she was the false queen and a little bit of the Phoenix force appears and she basically blasts them away and they all cower and was like, no, my bad. You're the queen. You're the queen. Very interesting. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, while all this is happening, Spider-Man and Rekrak, if you don't remember, this is like the demonized muscular Spider-Man are facing even Chasm. Spider-Man begins to become overwhelmed with Chasm, considering how much stronger he is, and Eve knocks up Rack after switching her werewolf mask for a Frankenstein mask. So her powers is she basically has different masks that transforms her into different monsters, per se. Frankenstein seems to be her strongest monster. Spider-Man is basically thrown out and beaten upon until Miss Marvel and the Golden Glider, aka Harry Osborn, comes in and basically gives him some backup. Uh, they fight Eve while basically Spider-Man takes up a fighting Chasm with a little bit of help. And the funny thing is, is that Miss Marvel does way too easy against Hollow's Eve. I guess it's her experience being like a champion, sometimes an Avenger and all that stuff, but it was actually pretty good to see her actually using her brain. Meanwhile, Madeline summons Eddie, who is going by Bedlam, and it's kind of funny because I was actually reading some of the Venom storylines for this, and the writer was like, I don't care what everyone else is doing, I'm just doing my own thing. It was hilarious. Anyway, uh, basically he's Bedlam after getting his mind wiped and begins to attack everybody. Chasm sees that he's going to lose, sends Eve and Eddie away using his scythe, which is basically taken back by Madeline, and the good guys win. Like, he saw that he was not going to win, and I don't blame the dude. Uh, fighting the X-Men, two Jean Greys, and freaking Spider-Man is not the way to go if you want to win. Anyway, uh, Madeline takes Ben into custody, saying that he is a citizen of Limbo, and after a few months, Limbo now has an embassy for those wanting to deal with them, for them coming out of the darkness and into the light with her having a voice as their queen. Uh, 
Peter visits Ben, who still holds a grudge, says nothing, and Peter and the X-Men help with negotiations with Limbo. It's, uh, the ending for itself was not too bad. I gotta say, I liked what they did with Limbo and the fact that now they have an embassy. I have no idea how that's gonna go into the Sins of Sinister, or is the Sins of Sinister just going to ignore it? Madeline going Phoenix for a brief moment was super cool. I will say this, I really really hate what they did to Ben. It's just terrible. You can tell the writers had no idea what they wanted to do with him and just leaving him as a villain was just horrible. I will say this also, if you read this series on your own and if you skip the Spider-Man series, it seems like it's a great, great event. Then you read the Spider-Man stuff and you're like, what the hell is happening? How did it go from one quality of writing to another? And the frustrating thing is, is the fact that Spider-Man comics are selling good and it's basically because it's a Spider-Man comic. You cannot do anything wrong because it's a recognizable IP. People are gonna keep on buying Spider-Man. Just like Batman. Look, we have like 15 different Batman issues going on and it's still going strong because people will buy Batman. Anyway, that's my little rant and we're gonna be moving on to Deadpool issue number two. Now, where we last left off Deadpool, if you guys can remember that far back, was he was trying to kill Doc Ock to join this organization, and after escaping from the Herer, he basically gets into Doc Ock's lab, but two arms pop out from his body from the symbiote that the Herer came to uh, basically inject to him so it could thrive and just take it out once the baby was done cooking. So now the symbiote is now active in his body. Doc Ock is wondering why the hell Wade Wilson is coming to kill him. And now the Herer shows up and now Doc Ock is basically confused. Now while this is going on and they're trying to fight each other, a symbiote mouth pops out of Deadpool's mouth, which disgusts all three of them. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh God, it was just, it, it, it's a funny issue. It really is. And to make matters more interesting, while uh, Doc Ock is basically trying to attack and Deadpool is trying to uh, kill Doc Ock, the symbiote in science wants to basically kill the Herer, so Deadpool's along for the ride. Lady Deathstrike, yes, if this entire thing couldn't get any crazier, Lady Deathstrike basically appears and from the balcony, no less, attacks Doc Ock in his back. And now Doc Ock basically throws her to the wall. And he's like, why are you here? And Lady Deathstrike is like, I've come to kill you. And Doc Ock is like, why? <laughs> it's hilarious. It really is. And you guys should really check out this comic. It does Deadpool justice. And I'm just loving Doc Ock's reaction. So with uh, two people trying to kill him, uh, he and the Herer team up and try to fight Deadpool and Deathstrike. Deadpool decides that the symbiote's getting too crazy and he's not able to actually fight without it fighting it. So he chops off the arms that are sticking out of him, which makes him feel pain and bleed profusely and takes off, leaving uh, Lady Deathstrike alone, which she eventually escapes because she's not able to take on both the Herer and Doc Ock. And he goes to Valentine, who was one of the doctors, to basically check him up before going on this mission. And she prepares to check what's inside of him, seeing that it's a symbiote and getting super excited. Now, the interesting part of this comic, and the one I loved, is the fact that the reason why Lady Deathstrike shows up to kill Doc Ogg 
was because they were originally teamed up and we get a flashback with Deadpool remembering, oh yeah, Lady Deathstrike was there half the time and she was supposed to help me kill Doc Ock. And it's funny because in the first issue, you see everything going on, but you don't see Lady Deathstrike and we just see it from Wade's perspective. Like I said, it's a great comic. I really can't wait to see issue three and we'll see how everything goes. Oh yeah, and Lady Deathstrike is now trying to kill uh, Deadpool, which is going to be interesting considering the fact that he's basically unkillable, but it's Lady Deathstrike. Uh, maybe she'll call Wolverine or uh, Omega Red to fight him. Who knows? Anyway, that's it for comics. We're moving on to TV shows. Now, James Gunn has released the new DC lineup for the new DCEU and is basically kind of taking up the uh, MCU route that's been going on. Almost all the TV shows are connected within the uh, DCEU, like the new shows like Black Widow, Miss Marvel, and all that stuff are connected to the MCU. And they are still going to be making other stories, it's just going to be called Elseworlds. So like Teen Titans Go will be Elseworlds, um, the Batman and all that stuff. But anyway, we're going to continue with this because all that will be discussed in the movies. Anyway, uh, the, one of the new shows is going to be called Waller, which is basically Peacemaker Season 2, but under a different name. I know that Peacemaker Season 2 is still under development, it hasn't been announced yet, but considering that Waller will be a live action with Viola Davis, basically teaming up with Team Peacemaker as they deal with a no threat like no other, and it's slated to be sooner, I guess that this will be like Season 2 or like a spinoff. But, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised considering that Viola Davis is returning to the role as Waller, which, honestly, I really can't imagine anyone else playing that role. She does a fantastic job. I always liked Viola Davis. She, her acting chops is incredible. I loved her in Fences. I loved her in The Help. I, I didn't like The Woman King because it was very historically inaccurate. But she was excellent in the role. Honestly, Murder, She Wrote. No, not Murder, She Wrote. How to Get Away with Murder. I, for some reason, Murder, She Wrote was the first thing that came to my mind. But anyway, great actress. I can't wait to see how she does Waller. Because considering the first Suicide Squad movie, she was very underutilized. Loved her in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And her and Peacemaker was just hilarious with her cameos. Anyway, one thing I will also say is that I can't imagine James Gunn uh, recasting any of the actors and actresses who starred in Peacemaker. So I think all of them will be making their return, especially since his wife is one of the roles. And I think that would be a very awkward cons uh, conversation about her being recasted. <laughs> anyway, everything's going to be reset when Flashpoint happens. So I'm really happy to see the DCU take an interesting direction. Speaking of interesting directions, and I gotta say, I had to look these guys up because I didn't know who these guys were, and this is the Creature Commandos. James Gunn has done it again, because if you guys remember, no one really knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy was before James Gunn made it into a movie, and I guess he's doing it again with the Creature Commandos. Like I said, I had to look these guys up, they were introduced basically to comic book fans and a lot of us, I even talked to a few of my comic book uh, people and they were like, who the hell are the Creature Commandos? So again, really good introducing a team to even comic book fans uh, and this team seems like, I don't even know how they were forgettable. 
because you had a bunch of monsters. So these guys were basically pre-Suicide Squad. And of course, like the name suggests, was a monster squad that took part and were very active in World War II. Uh, the team consists of Frankenstein, which is, I mean, you don't need any introduction. The dude is Frankenstein. And uh, the other person was a GI robot who was basically the first fully functioning automaton who was able to act on his own. Another team member of this was Nina Murzowski. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Murzowski, Mazursky. Uh, basically, who was a scientist who lost her daughter to cancer, which drove her to create the first Creature Commandos. Apparently, uh, her first batch was not able to cope with the emotions, so she had them imprisoned because she could not bring herself to kill them. Then she made the second batch of Creature Commandos. Then she turned herself into an amphibian creature to join their ranks. The second person, and again, all these people are not really... Uh, part of the comic team this is what's going to be showing up in the new animated series oh yeah i forgot to mention this so the creature commandos would be an animated series and the interesting part about this is james gunn says that all the actors and actresses who voice them in the animated series are basically going to be playing them uh and their movie counterparts so you will see their voice actors look very similar and will probably have like similar similar physique anyway where was i yes uh, Dr. Phosphorus is basically the second person that kind of looks familiar to me. And when I was researching him, I found out that he was actually the inspiration for Blight uh, from Batman Beyond. So if you want to know what Dr. Phosphorus' powers are and you're a Batman Beyond fan, just think of Blight and you'll basically have the same thing. Anyway, uh, Dr. Phosphorus was basically a scientist who wanted to build a nuclear plant in Gotham with the help of his crime boss, Rupert Thorne. Again, another callback to the comics and animated series. He wanted to build uh, the reactor in Gotham City, but a lot of people were like, no, that's not going to be work because we have so many supervillains and all that stuff. So they basically built the nuclear reactor far away and he goes into a meltdown situation. He gets transformed into a flaming skull that emits radiation. Again, basically Blight from uh, Batman Beyond. Now, it's funny because uh, Dr. Phosphorus was not in the 1940s, which is where this team is uh, was this team was active. So this is taking place in modern day, which is interesting. The next person is Weasel from the recent Suicide Squad movie, so I don't have to explain who that man is. And lastly, we have... Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The Bride of Frankenstein is in this too. Uh, my guess is the same origin story. Scientist decides to make a mate for Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. Anyway, the last person we have is Rick Flag Sir. So this is the father of Rick Flag Jr. who was in the Suicide Squad. Again, I'm not sure... I think this is taking place in modern day. I don't see how it would take place in the past, considering that Amanda Waller is calling upon these creatures. So again, unless Amanda Waller is now an immortal figure, I doubt it. I really do, but who knows? It's the DCU and it's James Gunn. I wouldn't put it past him. But anyway, it's going to be interesting who they cast because the only person we know for sure is being cast is basically Viola Davis because she's going to continue to play Amanda Waller. So again, I'm very curious to see who they have. Maybe this is the role uh, James Gunn will have for Dave Bautista for Frankenstein. 
I can honestly see it. I really can. Anyway, moving on to the another TV show in the DCU, which will be called Lanterns. Apparently, this will be like a true detective with the Green Lanterns, and the main characters for this will be Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan. I actually like this because, one, in the end, of course, we have the Green Lanterns. They're superheroes. They're all this. But to their core and what they're supposed to do is space cops. So having a true detective style Green Lantern series is pretty good. And I'm super excited to how well they do this. And the fact that Jon Stewart is going to be in this, I'm super happy. He is my favorite Lantern. Hal Jordan is my second favorite Lantern. And I just hope and I really hope that Guy Gardner makes an appearance. Because if you remember the origins of each of the Lanterns, first came Hal Jordan. Then came Guy Gardner, Jon Stewart, Kyle Rayner, and I forgot the others. But anyway, I'm really hoping that Guy Gardner makes an appearance. Maybe at the end of Season 1, we'll see Kyle Rayner take up the role. It should be very interesting. I'm really curious to see who they cast in these roles. I want to see who they cast as Sinestro, Kilowog. So, I'm very excited, and I haven't said that about a DC movie in a long time. Okay, DCEU movie in a long time. Uh, the Joker and the Batman don't count. Different universe. Another TV show that we're getting, and to my surprise, because I did not expect him to even come in, but James Gunn has a knack for bringing in characters that no one else would, and that is Booster Gold. Yes, Booster Gold is getting his own TV show. And if you don't know who that is, he's a very interesting character. So he is basically a loser in the 31st century who gets his hands on a power suit and, dis and time travel technology and decides to go back to the 21st century to become this big name superhero. And he's a very wacky character and I love his bromance with uh, the original, or would it be the second, Blue Beetle. Love it. Can't wait to see how it puts onto the screen. And the fact that this already adds in time travel should be interesting because Booster Gold, besides, of course, fighting different villains, saving the day, deals with a lot of time travel stuff. And in the comics, Rick Hunter from uh, Legends of Tomorrow is his father. Yes. In the comics, he's his father. Or, I mean, they could have retconned it, but who knows. Anyway, uh, that's it for basically uh, the DCU shows. We're going to be moving on to another... Oh, actually, no, I'm wrong. I almost forgot about this one, which is interesting. So, for those of you who loved Wonder Woman, except for 1984, we're getting a Game of Thrones-style show called Paradise Lost, which will take place in Themyscira, but showcase the Amazons. This will be a prequel to Wonder Woman. Will this be a prequel showing the origins of Wonder Woman or how Themyscira is going to happen? Who knows? I'm not too sure. All I know is that Gal Gadot is out as Wonder Woman as I think she is. I just know there's a lot of drama after Wonder Woman 3 was not greenlit because of how bad Wonder Woman 2 was. But again, who knows? I'm excited to see where they go with this. And for it to be Game of Thrones style, let's hope it's good Game of Thrones style, not season 8 Game of Thrones style. Like I said, very curious to see and I wonder who's going to be making the rounds. Anyway, officially that is it for all the DC shows. 
Moving on, Hitmonkey has been renewed for Season 2 and will be tagged under 20th Century Studios, but not Marvel. If you remember, this was based off the comic book character. And honestly, I kind of forgot about this because if you guys remember, MODOK came out and it wasn't really well received and it got dropped. And I found out this later that originally the plan was to have Hitmonkey, MODOK, and two other shows team up and cross over and to be called, I forgot what the team name was, but basically it was supposed to be like a comedy something. But apparently the animation studio got axed because MODOK didn't get that well reviews. And of course, Marvel was doing some um, like rumbling in their own studio. So honestly, I'm not that sad that we're not seeing it because like I said, I saw MODOK and it was easily forgettable. Heck, I can't remember a single episode. Moving on, uh, we are getting for all you pirate lovers to look for One Piece, and yeah, this is probably going to suck, but we are getting a live-action One Piece TV show on Netflix. Yay! I mean, we all remembered how well it did with Black... No, Death Note. Why did I think it was Black Note? Anyway, Death Note. Yeah, um, I'm not looking forward to this because one, it's Netflix, and live-action anime sucks. Usually, usually sucks. And two, it's nearly impossible for them to do a live action and do the show justice considering that there are over, and I repeat, over 1,000 episodes. And it's still going. Yes, for those of you who don't know, this show has been keep on going, keep on chugging since 1999 or 8 or whatever. So it's been going on for over 20 years. And for them, for them to even consider doing a live action show is nuts. Heck, these guys will be in their 40s before this is all done. I'm very curious to see how it goes. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, we all sh we all saw what they did to Cowboy Bebop. Absolutely insane. Anyway, uh, that 90s show has been renewed for season two. And honestly, I liked season one. It was nice. The callbacks were great. I'm super happy. And I hope we get more cameos from like Ashton Kutcher, Millie Kunis, Topher Grace, and all that good stuff. Uh, Star Wars Visions is getting a second season. And I'm happy about it. It's going to be coming out May the 4th because, of course, it is. And I'm very, I'm hoping that we get episodes based on the clones. Maybe like gritty, maybe like grittiness, like kind of like Attack on Titan style. That would be fantastic. Uh, but again, I'm curious to see where they're going with it. I love the first season. Can't wait for season two. Anyway, uh, one thing that, speaking things that I love, with this recent episode of The Bad Batch uh, basically saving Gunji, I was really happy to see that Wookiee back, especially since he was a Jedi. I'm very curious to see how if he survived. Because one, if you guys remember, he was part of the kid group in... I want to say season five of Star Wars The Clone Wars with, uh, oh, what was it? The Pirates. Oh my God. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Hondo Tanaka. That's it. Hondo Tanaka. So I'm very curious to see how it all goes and if he's going to show up in Fallen Order because one, it was, it's like very interesting. The fact like, okay, he's now on Kashyyyk, 
but we haven't heard anything from any of the other stuff about a Wookiee Jedi. So I'm really hoping Darth Vader doesn't find him because, yeah, that's not going to end well for anybody. Anyway, moving on, The Last of Us Episode 3. Yeah, I gotta say, this was an emotional ride. I just... This episode was incredible. It I I played the game and this was not what I was expecting when it came to uh, telling the story of Bill and Frank. And wow. Like I said, I played the game. So I was expecting, of course, uh, Bill basically being a shut-in, uh, being angry at Joel for bringing Ellie, coming to his camp. But having an entire backstory on Bill and Frank's love was awesome and i get it some people were like why didn't they stick to the game i wanted to see ellie's interaction with bill and i would have loved that too but just taking the story into an interesting direction was just amazing and i love the message finding hope finding salvation in basically a hopeless situation and just finding somebody to care and truly care about and as the story progressed we saw them get old we saw them fall in love Uh, Personally, my favorite part of that entire episode was when Frank was telling Bill that, oh yeah, we're having guests over. And Bill's like, what? (laughs) I love that. Uh, His interaction with uh, Joel was fantastic. Nick Hoffman, my God, his acting chops was incredible. I didn't think he had it in him, but wow. And just seeing them care for each other, especially during the last few days of their life when uh, Bill decided to go and s- go on this journey to the afterlife with Frank. That was emotional. I loved it. Just incredible. I got to say, personally, my favorite episode so far, of course, besides episode two, I just loved how it just keeps getting better. And I'm worried. Not because I'm worried about the drop in quality. Well, I'm more worried that they uh, renewed it for season two because... Like I said, God help the person who's going to play Abby. Maybe Ronda Rousey. I can see her playing Abby. She has the build and she, I'm going to say, she kind of looks like Abby. But I know what's coming. One of the episodes is going to have the brothers and I'm not ready for that episode. I'm really not. I won't say any more for spoilers, but this is just going to keep on getting depressing, man. (laughs) And I love it. I'm here for it. I can't wait for tonight's episode. But anyway, that's it for uh, TV shows. We're going to be moving on to movies. And talking about James Gunn's announcements for Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. And we're going to be starting this off with Superman Legacy. Which is basically taking a younger Superman trying to juggle his life as a Kryptonian, as from Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. And it's going to be interesting. Especially since we're basically not having an origin story. I'm hoping he's already in Metropolis. I'm hoping... He's already having establishment as Clark Kent, getting these stories. Maybe it's going to be Lex Luthor who's going to be the villain. Or who knows, maybe they'll throw in Brainiac or some other parasite. I mean, honestly, as much as I would love to see Lex Luthor as the main baddie, we've got him so many times as the main baddie. I would love some love for the other heroes, man. Metallo, Parasite, some other people. I would love that and have Lex Luthor maybe in the background. That would be really great. But honestly, James Gunn is helming this project. I'm excited to see where he goes with it. And honestly, uh, for him to call this Chapter 1 Gods and Monsters really gives me hope that they actually have an idea. 
Anyway, next is, of course, you can't have a DCU without Batman, and it's going to be called The Brave and the Bold, which I love, because The Brave and the Bold has been integrated into Batman with stories, and even with the TV show. For him to call that that, I'm really excited, because honestly, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, The Batman, Batman Begins. I'm excited he's going with another direction with these titles. And I'm very interested to see how an older Batman will work. Because he's going to be on his fourth Robin, which is Damian Wayne. Which is going to be his first time on the big screen. Now, this is going to be the first time a Robin has appeared since the Joel Schumacher films. Which, yeah, yeah, we're not going to mention them. Anyway, I'm very curious to see if we're going to get other Bat... I mean, he's already confirmed that we're getting other people from the Bat family. So, hopefully that means Dick Grayson. Since we're on the fourth Robin, maybe Red Robin, Tim Drake. I'm really hoping that Red Hood makes an appearance. Maybe as the villain. I'm very excited to see Jason Todd. He's personally my favorite Bat family member. And maybe we'll see that the killing joke already happened where... Uh, Barbara Gordon is Oracle. Maybe we'll see Cassandra Kane. I'm very curious to see what Bat family members we're getting. And considering that it's based off Grant Morrison's run of Batman, it's very interesting because for those of you who don't know, a majority of Grant Morrison's run had Dick Grayson as Batman because Batman had died from Darkseid in a previous event. So very curious to see how it goes. I'm very curious to see who they cast as uh, Damian Wayne because he's got to be hateable at first. That's the tradition of Damian Wayne. You hate him. You really do. Anyway, like I said, very curious to see how it goes, especially considering that an older Batman and a younger Superman will be an interesting dynamic. Another movie in the DCU, which caught me by surprise, especially since this team really didn't show up in the comic DC universe, but the Wildstorm universe, which was basically a comic line under DC, but taking place in another universe where only a few members ended up in the DC comics. And this is the authority. And again, in the authority in the Wildstorm comics, they are basically a team that does whatever they need to, to take justice into their own hands. And killing is not above them. So again, very interesting to see. Maybe we'll get Grifter, Min, uh, Midnighter, and some of the other familiar characters that we've been introduced into the DC Universe. And this, I'm very curious to see what their interaction is going to be with Superman. Considering that Superman is has a no-kill rule. And Batman too. Anyway, another person getting a movie, which I was very surprised about. But I'm happy to see them on the big screen, is Supergirl. Supergirl is getting her own movie. And it's going to be called Woman of Tomorrow, which is based on Tom King's run. And I gotta say, this is going to be the first time in decades that Supergirl is hitting the big screen. After uh, that disaster of a movie the last time. And I guess the TV show really helps because it establishes Supergirl. I don't know if this is going to be an origin story, but she's basically going to be dealing with her trauma of losing her home planet. Because remember... She was not a baby when she left Krypton. She was already a teenager. So going to be interesting to see how we juggle that emotional trauma. I'm very excited to see Woman of Tomorrow. And hopefully it's really good. 
Don't know who's going to be playing Supergirl, but super excited. Lastly, uh, the movie coming out is something I did not expect, but I'm super happy about it considering how basically we saw potential and HBO Max decided to waste it. And that is Swamp Thing. So this is going to be interesting considering that Swamp Thing is going to be a supernatural horror movie based on his origin. And again, we saw so much potential with the HBO Max show, but because it cost too much, they did away with it. I'm very curious to see what characters were going to be introduced and how Swamp Thing is going to be uh, reacting and overarching to this entire story. Maybe this is going to be a way to them to introduce magic because he has a lot of relationships with a lot of the supernatural aspects of the DC world. Constantine, Blue Devil, Satana, Det Monkey Detective or Detective Monkey, and so on and so forth. So very excited to see how this expands. And I'm all game for a supernatural horror film, especially a DC one. Anyway, uh, moving on to Elseworlds. Uh, the Batman 2 is releasing in 2025 and will be a part of DC Elseworlds. So basically DC Elseworlds in the comics is a story that takes place in another universe. It can have a continuation but has no effect on the main. So think of it like Injustice. Think of it like um, if you're, we're going back, think of it like the Fox universe. It's not part of the DCEU. But it's movies that had multiple other sequels and stuff like that. It has no effect on Gods and Monsters Chapter 1. So that is safe. And also the Joker, Foley Adux, I'm probably butchering the name, is still releasing in 2024. And of course will be part of the Elseworlds. One thing I'm very curious about is seeing how that musical is going to happen. Very excited for a teaser or at least a trailer. Can't wait. I really can't wait. It's going to be original songs. Is it going to be songs from that time period? Who knows? I'm excited for it. But anyway, moving on, the poster and teasers for Fast X have been released. And it apparently is going to be the second to last film in the franchise. I really doubt that because this is such a cash cow for a lot of the actors and actresses themselves. I mean, let's be honest. Have you seen any of them? Besides, of course, uh, Michelle Rodriguez going to be coming out with a film, um, Dungeons and Dragons. But besides that, Tyrese Gibson, Vin Diesel, uh, and some of the others. Have you really seen them in other movies? I mean, of course, you have Jason Stahem, uh, Charlie Theron, John Cena. I really don't count them in this list because one... They're not like consistent characters that have been through this entire franchise. Maybe in the past three, three or four movies. But anyway, besides that, I mean, it's going to be interesting seeing these guys not reprise their roles. Considering the fact that these guys, it's their only roles that they've been in for so long. Again, Michelle Rodriguez gets a pass because she's been coming up in other films. But not really Tyrese or Vin Diesel. So it's going to be interesting to see how this happens, how they're going to end it, and if they're actually going to end it. Moving on, Murder Mystery 2's trailer has been released. And I gotta say, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be fun. The first one was okay. It was entertaining. Nothing, I mean, okay, maybe some stuff over the top. But honestly, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston's chemistry is always great. I'm super excited to see it. Uh, the new teaser for Super Mario Bros. came out. And we have Donkey Kong speaking. And it's basically just like we thought. It's just Seth Rogen talking, not doing really nothing special. So we'll see how it goes. 
Uh, Michael B. Jordan has confirmed Creed 4 and that many spinoffs will happen. And as much as I'm super excited that Creed 4 is going to be happening, I am kind of worried that they may be getting carried away because one, it may take away from the magic. Think of it like Rocky. Rocky was its own thing. It worked and it took a few decades before having Rocky have a spinoff. For them jumping the horse with Creed, having a Creed universe, a Rocky universe, it just seems like it's doing over the top. I'm just hoping that Creed 3 works because if it doesn't, then, well, it was a nice franchise while it lasted. Anyway, that's it for movies. We're moving on to video games. The day before gameplay was released, and my god, does this game look like it's gonna sink really bad. The gameplay looked like they attempted to do it last minute, and the game seems very unpolished. I know a lot of people are saying that this game, it might not even be real, but from the gameplay, I really hope it's not, because one, it looks unpolished. I doubt they just rendered this just to render this, because if it was rendered, it would have looked nicer. They pushed the game back from March to November, and I'm waiting to see how well this does. I'm going to wait for the reviews before burning it, uh, purchasing and burning it, and just forgetting about it. Because I was already burned once with few games. I will not be burned again. I'm looking at you, Anthem, and I'm looking at you, Marvel's Avengers. Burned badly. Speaking of games, um, <laughs> yeah, of course, games, games category. Anyway, Hi-Fi is an amazing, excellent game. I gotta say, I was not expecting it to be amazing. I really didn't because, what, we had the same people who made the Evil Within video games work on this. It looked kind of janky, but wow, was I wrong. It's fun, it's wacky, the cutscenes look like something straight out of an anime, and I mean, the story is kind of predictable, but it's, it just works. It really does. I hope they make a sequel. And I gotta say, I'll give this a 9 out of 10, especially some of the songs they played. Wow, it kind of reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy, where you just, they, well, I mean, differently, because in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the songs that came up were random, and this one, they had a reason. So super excited, we'll see what happens. And uh, moving on, Warzone is releasing a new map. Yay, because everyone loves Warzone right now. Anyway... Uh, the new map is going to be called Ashika Island, and it looks like it's going to be interesting taking some notes from Japanese, so again, pretty cool. But the one thing that's very interesting is the fact that Warzone has been losing a lot of players. And that's not a good thing, especially when it comes to it uh, being a live service game, especially a Battle Royale. They're also bringing some stuff from the first Warzone game. They're bringing back Resurgence. And honestly, it might not be enough to bring players back. But if it continues, I just it's not going to look good for the franchise. Especially with, again, a lot of people are already angry with them not being able to transfer over their skins that they bought from the first Warzone. I'm angry about that. I mean, look at Fortnite. How many chapters in are we in? And they still allow uh, skins from the previous seasons. It's just nuts, and at this point, a lot of people are already looking at the cash grab. Uh, speaking of cash grab, 343 Studios has confirmed that they're going to continue to make Halo games. Yeah, that's not the news everyone wanted to hear. We wanted to hear that they were getting the boots, and someone else was coming over to give Halo the proper game it deserves. Because they suck at making them. And with the layoffs happening at the company, it doesn't look good at all. I mean, heck, they already said they're creating a new engine from scratch. 
And they're going to basically, what was the thing? That they were going to work on the live service for Halo Infinite. And it sucks that Halo Infinite sucks. It really does. This was supposed to be a new breath for the franchise. And a live service game was not the way to go. Because think about it. It's boring now. You just do the repeat missions. You can't do, there's no new DLC despite it being out for more than a year when it comes to story. If you're going to do a live service game like Destiny, you need to pump out stories. You need to pump out a few different stuff. This is just ridiculous. Hell, uh, The Witcher has more stuff in it. And it was basically a full-blown open-world game. Come on, guys. The Witcher is beating you. Ah, my frustration with the Halo franchise. Anyway, uh, Marvel Snap has released a battle mode and... Wow, it's pretty fun. Now you can verse your friends and find out who has the better deck. Haven't versed any of my friends yet, but just know I have the better deck. Anyway, uh, speaking of better, Dead Space. Wow. You know, I first thought that the Callisto Protocol was going to do better because the Callisto Protocol had the original person behind Dead Space and Dead Space was basically being remade by EA. I'm going to admit it now. I was wrong. Dead Space is amazing and the better out of the two and i was playing the game and it's scaring the heck out of me i got scared a few times getting attacked from behind using the gun running out of bullets hitting them until they're dying be like uh tony stark with versing the hulk in avengers age of ultron like go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep really fun having a blast and i can't wait for more hopefully they're able to bring and remake dead space 2 do a new game for dead space 3 but super excited for it and looking forward to more. Uh, Gohan and Piccolo are now on Fortnite. And I gotta say, I'm disappointed that they don't have Beast Mode and Orange. Well, maybe they have kind of like an Orange for Piccolo. But super excited that they're in. I own them now because one, I love Dragon Ball. So yeah, super excited about that. Anyway, uh, lastly, Wolverine. The game is supposed to be coming out next year. And the best part is that Insomniac Games is looking to make this game rated M. Yes, rated M Wolverine game. That's amazing because one, a true Wolverine game cannot be do done with rated T, rated E. No, you need a rated M Wolverine game. And you know why I say it, the only way it can do it is for rated M? Because it's been done before. Look at Wolverine Origins, a movie tie-in game that had no right, no right to be as good as it was, especially for the garbage movie that it was tied to. It was one of the few instances where a video game was better than the movie it was tied to. I think it was the only instance, but honestly, apparently it's supposed to take place before Wolverine meets up with the X-Men. I'm excited for it, although I would love to see the X-Men pop in. Who knows? Maybe Deadpool will make an appearance. I would love that. I really would. Anyway, uh, that's it for video games. We're moving on to nerd theories. And my nerd theory for this week is the fact that I think that uh, James Gunn might have fibbed a little bit. Because one, with how the new lineup for DC is going, I just can't see how everything is going to work. And what I mean by that is the movies slated to come out this year that are still part of the DCEU. So I really think with the announcement that we're getting a reset with new characters being casted for the people, 
I think James Gunn and Warner Brothers are trying to save face with people uh, not going to see the new DC movies because it's going to be like, why bother? So with that going in, I think that they're trying to save the Shazam movie because apparently the Shazam movie goes straight into Flashpoint, which is going to be the reset. Blue Beetle takes place after with Aquaman 2 going straight into the Superman legacy. Even though Jason Momoa has stated that it's his last ride as Aquaman. And there's rumor going around that he's been recasted as Lobo. So I see how it makes no sense for anyone to see these movies. Even though apparently it takes place after the reset. But we're probably going to get a new Aquaman. Again, it's very confusing. I'm not sure. The only thing I'm for certain is that Blue Beetle will most likely take place in this new universe because one, he hasn't been mentioned at all by any other hero, so it works. And with him having a movie, seeing if it works, him popping up here and there in different movies. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised if he popped in in Blue Beetle since Blue Beetle, well, not this Blue Beetle, but his uh, prior person who took up the mantle had a great relationship, Ted Cord with Blue Beetle. Not, well, Booster Gold. I can't speak today. Anyway, like I said, I just, I think that they're just trying to save face because think about it. If these movies don't do well, DC is going to lose a lot of money. So they're trying to squeeze whatever they can before moving on to the new chapter. And I'm going to skip Shazam. I really am because I don't see how it's going to connect to Flashpoint since Flashpoint's going to have Michael Keaton has Batman and all that stuff. I might see Aquaman too, but if I see Amber Heard in any of the trailers, I'm not going to. Okay, maybe I'll go to since it's Jason Momoa's last ride, and I actually like the actor. Anyway, apparently they've made things weird by opening the door for some of the actors to make a return to the roles. Again, I think it's a farce since uh, people have already moved on, and they probably don't want these movies to flop. I'm The only movie I'm for certain watching is Flashpoint because I want to see how everything resets. Anyway, uh, hopefully uh, you guys tell me what you think, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, moving on to current events. Uh, Netflix's new reality show, The Squid Games, based on their, new, their hit series, is in hot water for apparently having inhumane conditions. They apparently force players to sleep on concrete freezing floors. These unpaid participants had also been woken up as early as 3.30 in the morning, and have to remain on set for nine hours, sometimes standing still for a long time because of the games that they were playing. And a lot of these contestants complained that the reality show was rigged, and many who were flown in international had already had the return flight home scheduled. And some of the influencers that were the contestants were able to move on despite the results, making this seem really bad. And honestly, it's not looking good for Netflix because these stories, if it continues, is not going to attract... Okay, maybe it is going to attract many viewers to see what the hell was going on. But honestly, I know it's like any press is good press, but I don't see it for this thing. And the fact that it's rigged may turn people off because if you're having so many people complain that it's rigged, all these conditions, I don't see it continuing. Especially since people are like, oh, the influencers are going to move on. That's basically what's going to be about. It takes away from the magic, you know? But anyway, I'm excited to see what happens next. Hopefully they cancel this and we get uh, Squid Game Season 2. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Remember, I'm not going to be 
uh, coming in next week for an episode. I'm going to be returning in two weeks because one, I'm going to be in California for work. So we're not going to be able to record. Anyway, I'm excited to see what this week brings and I'll make sure to mention everything that happened in California on my next episode. So sayonara, see you later, and I hope you guys have a good one. Goodbye.